This is an Our Savior Evangelical Free Church podcast. To learn more, visit osefc.org. Thank you, Pastor Adam. Thank you, Church. Uh, it's so good to be with you all this morning. Hope you're all doing well. Um, indeed, it's a great pleasure uh, preaching the Word of the God with you all this morning. Um, as last Monday, uh, many uh, people around the world, they celebrated uh, International Women's Day, so I thought I would match my preaching with um, Women's Day. Uh, so I'm going to uh, bring a message from uh, a life of a woman from the Bible, um, and we will learn uh, some lessons from her life. Um, so uh, for that, we will um, read First Samuel chapter 1. Uh, I hope it's coming. Okay, great. So 1 Samuel chapter 1, we will read the whole chapter. Just bear with me as I read and follow it along. So there was a certain man of Ramathaim, Zophim, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, and Ephratite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb, and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to you Give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman, and Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace. 
and the law and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the women remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli, and she said, O oh my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord for this child I prayed and Lord has granted my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is lent to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this uh, morning. We come before you um, of this word as we are going to uh, dive into this word, Lord, uh, your word. I pray that you speak to us, you uh, talk to us through your word and uh, exhort us and correct us and uh, build us in your faith, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we read this uh, story of Hannah, so I'm going to bring eight characteristics of a godly women or godly people from the life of Hannah. So we will learn some eight characteristics from the life of Hannah. Uh, There can be more, but I thought I would bring eight, but if I bring more than eight, that's fine. (laughs) As I was preparing, I keep getting so many characteristics of Hannah from this lesson, but uh, let's do eight of them today. Um, So first one, Hannah was a special woman. Hannah was a special woman. Uh, In verse 5, we read that Elkanah was giving all the sacrifices to the Lord on behalf of um, their, his family. Uh, but when it comes to Hannah, he gave double portions to Hannah because he loved her. Verse 5 says, but to Hannah he gave a double portion. So, so one thing that we see is uh, Hannah was a special woman to Elkanah. She found favor in her husband's sight. So she was a special woman. And... Uh, 
she found favor in his, uh, in her husband's sight. And then in verse 18, we see that Lord remembered her. So when she prayed to the Lord, uh, God remembered her and gave her what she asked for. God gave her a son. So she found favor in the sight of the Lord. She found favor in the sight of the man and she found favor in the sight of the Lord. So one of the things that we see about Hannah is she's a special woman who found who found favor in the sight of man in the sight of the lord um, we see this uh, similar example in the life of jesus jesus was found favor in sight of man and in sight of uh, god luke chapter 2 verse 52 so one of the characteristics of being a godly person is to be a special man a man or a woman who finds favor in the sight of the lord but how can we find this favor how can we find this favor? Uh, Psalmist says um, in Psalm chapter 5 verse 12 that the Lord blesses the righteous and he surrounds them with favor. So being righteous or godly is the key to find God's favor in whatever we do. So we need to be righteous in order to find uh, God's favor uh, in our lives. So Hannah was a righteous woman, even though uh, in this um, uh, story we read that Hannah went through a lot of struggles and sufferings uh, and she had a rivalry but she never took revenge or avenge on her but she uh, but she was a very um, godly woman and a righteous woman uh, she kept herself uh, pure not taking any revenge or uh, avenge on her rivalry so so we need to be uh, people who finds God's favor in our lives. Um, and then second one is Hannah was a serving woman. Uh, Elkanah, he goes to the temple every year with his family. And she was also going with uh, Elkanah to the temple uh, to offer sacrifices and to worship the Lord at the temple. Um, in verses 3 and 7, uh, we read that now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of um, uh, Eli and uh, Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were priests of the Lord. Um, so she also went with Elkanah um, uh, to worship the Lord at Shiloh. Uh, in the temple of the Lord. Um, there were like three festivals uh, every year that the men of Israel had to go up to um, uh, the temple. And one of them uh, is that their family is accompanied with them. So this uh, festival could be a Passover festival where all the family members would go up to uh, Shiloh to, uh, to the temple of the Lord to worship uh, there. So, so every year, maybe during the festival of Passover, all the family was going and worshiping the Lord uh, at the temple in Shiloh. Uh, Hannah was accompanying um, her husband and worshiping the Lord every year. She is worshiping the Lord, of course, in her uh, house, but um, going to temple, it shows the diligence of how she is uh, worshiping the Lord. Um, so Hannah was worshiping women. She's a serving women. She's serving the Lord. She's serving the Lord with all her heart and mind. Um, uh, but uh, even in her struggles, she went up to the Lord. Um, uh, worse eight, uh, verse seven and eight, it says, uh, so it went on year by year. As often she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her, her rivalry. Uh, therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. 
So whenever she goes to the temple, she was being provoked by her rivalry. I don't know why Adar chose to write this one. So as often she, as she went up to the house of the Lord, her rivalry used to provoke her. But she never stopped going to the temple. Sometimes in our struggles, sometimes in our sufferings, maybe uh, when we are going through difficult situations, we might stop going to the temple. Even though we are going to the temple, but not, God is not answering our prayers, we may get angry upon God, or we may uh, not choose to go to the temple of the Lord sometimes. Uh, in Indian context, it often happens very much among the Christians. When they have difficult times and troubles, uh, they believe that when they come to uh, the church, when they attend church and serve the Lord, so they get solution for their problems. But when they don't find the solution, they back up sometimes and they get angry upon God. And why is God not answering our prayers? Um, this can be the situation for Hannah. Because as she, often she went up to the house of the Lord, her rivalry was provoking her. But she never stopped going to the temple. She was diligent in serving the Lord, in worshiping the Lord. Um, one of the examples that I can give is uh, my aunt was, um, uh, sh uh, my mom shared gospel with my aunt when my uncle was uh, bedridden and uh, she was almost um, in the last stage of death. And they started coming to the church after hearing the gospel and uh, um, and seeing my dad's story. You all know my dad's story. Um, so thinking that God would heal her, heal her husband as well, but uh, unfortunately, God did not answer her prayers, and we lost our uncle. But when we lost our uncle, my aunt stopped coming to the church because she only uh, thought Jesus is going to heal her husband, uh, and her suffering was not met, uh, not answered by a solution, but they back up, and they back up um, not coming to the house of the Lord. That can be the situation for Hannah, because as often she went up to the house of the Lord, she was provoked by her rivalry, um, but she did not stop going to the temple. And she was very diligent. Um, in the New Testament, we see many examples. When the early church were going through persecution, they never stopped gathering. They never stopped worshiping the Lord. They were keep on uh, gathering together and serving the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Um, even when Paul and Silas were in prison, they were imprisoned. They started worshiping the Lord in, uh, in the middle of the night. So... So we, as the people of God, we uh, are to have a characteristic that we worship the Lord in spite of our struggles and sufferings and trials. Whatever it may be, uh, we must not ignore worshiping the Lord. We must not skip worshiping the Lord. We should keep on serving the Lord. So one of the characteristics that we see from Hannah's life is even during her trials and sufferings, she did not forget or she did not leave worshiping the living God. Um, and the third one is she was a suffering woman. She was a suffering woman. Uh, verse 6, and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. 
Hannah was a suffering woman. She went through sufferings uh, with her unbarrenness. So because her womb was closed, her rivalry, Penina was after her, irritating her, provoking her, and it was grievous. And in verse 8, we see that, in verse 7, we see that Hannah wept and would not eat because of her rivalry. And her suffering was great for her. Having and being unbarren was not regarded well in the ancient cultures, even in India. When I was growing up, if, if a woman was unbarren and she did not have ch- children, um, all the neighbors would mock at her or provoke her uh, because they see that she is unfruitful and she is worthless. That's what people used to think even in our culture. And that was the culture um, uh, back in, in ancient Near Eastern days. Um, so she was ill-treated by her uh, rivalry, Penina, but, but she never gave up. So in her sufferings, she never gave up her faith. So what, she, what did she do then in her sufferings? How do we deal with? If somebody is in our home, so how do we deal with? If it is at work, we might report to higher officials about a person who is provoking us. But if it happens within the family members, how do we deal with it? Maybe it's in-laws or, or your close family members. So how do we deal with that? Uh, in India, when people come to Christ from other faiths, the, if not all the family comes to the Lord, the non-Christians and the family would provoke or would um, uh, persecute the person who came to the Lord. And uh, when they go to the church, so they would persecute them, they would ill-treat them. So the suffering would be great whenever they go to the temple then. Whenever they go to the church, um, for some of them it is even death threats. You might have heard many stories, uh, uh, even um, Rimi, Saji Luka's story was similar to that. Uh, so what do you do when you have family members provoking you or irritating you, uh, causing you trouble? So the suffering was great for Hannah. But, but... What, she, what did she do? One thing she did was she exercised uh, one of the fruits of the spirits mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. She had a long-suffering. She exercised long-suffering. So we see in her character in this story that she was very quiet, not avenging on her rivalry or not taking any revenge on her rivalry, but we see her portraying long-suffering every year when her rivalry was provoking her grievously, but she kept quiet and not revenging. So she exercised a long suffering. So in our sufferings, if somebody was provoking or somebody is provoking us and uh, causing us trouble, so one of the things we could be doing is exercising long suffering. And then second thing she did was she went to the Lord, crying before the Lord every time. So whenever she went to the temple, she was crying before the Lord, praying for her um, uh, unfruitfulness, unbarrenness, uh, barrenness. 
so, so two things that we can learn from the life of Hannah in her sufferings is one thing is long-suffering, exercising long-suffering. Second is going to the Lord, praying, praying. So we Christians are called to suffering. There are many uh, references that we can quote from New Testament that we are called to suffering. Um, we are not called to uh, have a joyful life all the time. Of course, well, there is a joy in the Lord, but there can be times where we feel um, uh, 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 struggles or we, we can go through so many sufferings. Um, there can be times. And Peter, in his first epistle, uh, chapter 4, verse 13, First uh, Peter, chapter 4, verse 13, he says, uh, Rejoice when you go through sufferings, because when God's glory is revealed, we will be glad about exceeding joy. And in Matthew, chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus also says, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I mean, these two verses are talking about uh, being persecuted by uh, being a Christian from non-Christian people, but but it still is a suffering, and we can apply that here, um, even in our suffering. So we should be able to um, pray for our enemies and love them uh, when they persecute us or when they provoke us. Uh, so so those are the things we need to be uh, watching in our sufferings. And the fourth one is Hannah was a Seeking woman. Hannah was a seeking woman. Um, so when she was going through the sufferings, she was not avenging on her rivalry, but she was seeking the Lord for, the, for her problem, for the solution. So she, she was seeking the Lord. And she did not separate herself from the Lord uh, in her struggles. Instead, she sought the Lord and prayed about her affliction and um, unfruitfulness. So whenever she was going to the temple, she was praying to the Lord. She was seeking the Lord for the solution. Uh, and she recognized that it is only the Lord who can answer her prayers and who can give the child that she needed. Um, she realized that it is only the God who can do this. So one of the things that we can be doing in our struggles and sufferings is that we need to seek the Lord. We need to seek the Lord because he is in control he is sovereign over everything, and we, our solutions, uh, our solutions uh, are uh, lying uh, in Him. So when we pray, uh, God would answer. Um, uh, so one thing that we need to be doing is seek the Lord, even in our struggles and sufferings. Um, Romans chapter eight, verse thirty-five uh, says. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not our trials, not our tribulations, not our sufferings. So anything, our struggles, our trials, our sufferings cannot separate us from the love of God. Rather, they should take us close to God. They should take us close to God. So when we go through trials and sufferings, we need to seek the Lord and for his counsel. And we also need to recognize the greatness of God and uh, sovereignty of God in times of our trials and uh, tribulations or sufferings. Um, I don't know what sufferings are, um, are struggles you have, but so one of the things that we can be doing is seeking the Lord in our sufferings, in our difficult times. And fifth... Hannah was a supplicating woman. Hannah was a supplicating woman. Hannah 
not just sought the Lord for her sufferings, but she makes supplications to the Lord. Hannah was continuously supplicating to God in the temple whenever she was going to the temple or being at home. So verse 10. Verse 10. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And 11th verse, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. So she was praying for her adversity, her affliction. She was supplicating continuously every year when she was going to the temple. There's a couple in my church uh, back in India. Uh, They married for 18 years and they never had children. But I think so in their uh, seventh year or eighth year, God promised that uh, they will get a child. Uh, God spoke to them in a vision or dream and God said to them, they will have a child. But... 18 years, they did not have children. And then they were keep praying and keep praying for the child. After their marriage of 18 years, they got a baby boy. So God answers prayers when we pray. So Hannah was supplicating for a baby boy. And God answered her prayers. So when we pray... God answers our prayers. Um, And he is our help in our troubles and uh, trials. Uh, He is our help. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and strength and our present help in trouble. So Hannah knows that God is the one who can answer her prayers, who can give what she needed. And she was going to the Lord, supplicating for what she needed. She did not supplicate for uh, one day or one year. She was continuous in her prayers. She was continuously praying. Or if you have something that is unanswered, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying. And Jesus said uh, um, a parable uh, to his disciples uh, for them to keep praying. Uh, That was um, uh, where there was a widow uh, in a town and there was a king. And this widow keeps going to the king uh, to get justice, to get justice. But this king keeps ignoring her, not helping her to get justice. But because she was keep going to this king, even though he was not helping her, one day he decided, okay, I will give. I will give the justice that she was asking. So uh, this is um, mentioned in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. So this parable tells that we need to be keep praying. We need to be keep praying. So, so another characteristic of Hannah was she was a sedulous woman. That means she is very diligent. She is very persistent in her prayers. So Hannah was keep praying, keep praying, and never gave up. And God remembered her. God answered her prayers. And God gave her a son that she wanted. So... 
So Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8, the parable um, of a widow that tells us that we need to be keep praying consistently for uh, uh, what we needed, and God answers our prayers. And then the seventh one is Hannah is a seeing woman. Hannah is a seeing woman, uh, verses 3 and 11. So verse 3, now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, uh, were priests of the Lord. And verse 11, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant and will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. So what is she seeing? So she probably, uh, I'm not very sure, but... Um, but from the prayer that she makes in verse 11 uh, informs me that she, was, she might be recognizing the need at the temple. She might be seeing Hophni and Phinehas whenever she was going to the temple and they were wicked and they were evil and they were doing um, uh, the things that are not to be done in the temple. So they were doing evil things being priests, she might have observed that, she might have recognized that, she might have seen that, and she says, if you give me a son, she was very specific, if you give me a son, I will give him to the temple. She might have recognized the need uh, that is there in the temple, seeing Hophni and Phinehas uh, being evil in the temple. Maybe she thought to give her child to be help in the temple, and she prays, if you give me a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. So she sees the need, and she asks the Lord, Lord, give me a son so that I can give him back to your house, to you and to the temple, so that he can serve there. Uh, we see this similar example uh, in the life of Mary. Uh, when Mary, uh, mother of Jesus, uh, went to the wedding um, in Cana, John chapter 2, nobody asks her, nobody asks her to uh, take a look over the wine that was running out, but she realized the need that is there. She saw that the wine was running out. We need wine in the uh, wedding to serve. She sees that wine. She sees that need and goes to uh, uh, Jesus and tells. So nobody tells her to do that, but she sees the need. So we, as people of God, we as godly people, we need to recognize and realize what's happening around us. Is there a need around us? Uh, is there someone who is in need or uh, someone in uh, trouble? Can we do something? Can we help them? So we have the people of God. We need to see what's happening around us. So one of the things maybe Hannah was doing was seeing what's happening and um, trying to uh, get in the situation and help. Uh, and she says that uh, no razor shall touch his head. So this could be a, a Nazarite vow. In number six, we read about a Nazarite vow. Um, so in the Nazarite vow, there are three things 
uh, to be done, uh, whoever takes it. Uh, so one is abstinence from wine and strong drink and refraining from cutting the hair of the head uh, during the whole period of the uh, continuance of the vow. And the third thing was uh, avoidance of contact with the dead. Um, so these are the three things that uh, people who ever takes the Nazarite vow should be doing. Uh, maybe Hannah was um, uh, pro- uh, making a vow for his child, a Nazarite vow, and uh, trying to uh, keep him away from all these things. And she was raising the boy in a um, a godly manner and for the Lord's sake. Um, So another thing that we can be learning from uh, life of Hannah was, yeah, we need to raise our children godly, even in uh, in this uh, world, broken world, when they are going into the world, how they would be dealing with all those things. So we need to keep them pure. So one of the uh, things that Hannah was doing was she took a vow, and uh, it's a Nazarite vow we may not take, but she was keeping her child very pure uh, for the work of the Lord. And uh, parents are to raise their children in godly uh, manner. Uh, in God, there is they need they need to raise children in God, uh, in godly principles, so that when they go into the world, they may not um, uh, mingle in the world uh, in their brokenness or in the sinfulness, but they will be away from that. Um, and the eighth thing, eighth one that we learned from Hannah was she was a steadfast woman. She was a steadfast woman. Um, in verses 24, to 28, we see that Hannah um, did not go to the temple after uh, some time. After she got a baby, she refused to go to the temple because uh, she wanted to give this temple. Uh, she wants to give her baby to the temple when uh, she's when the boy is weaned. So she was waiting, but when the bob, when the boy was weaned. Uh, getting milk, so she takes the boy to the temple and gives to Eli, gives to the temple, gives to the Lord. So she was steadfast in keeping her promise made to the Lord. So many times we might make empty promises to people or sometimes to God also. Um, I'll be doing this, Lord. I'll be doing that. Maybe we take many commitments or sometimes we make promises, but we may not fulfill them. But Hannah was steadfast in keeping her promises, keeping her promise to the Lord. She did not have a child all her life, but finally she got a boy. She got a child. She could keep the child with her, and she could have a good time with the baby, but she chose to give the baby to the Lord, being away from her, being raised in the temple. She could forget the promise and she could keep the baby, but she did not do that. She was steadfast in what she had promised. So when we make promises, we are to fulfill those promises, either to people around us or to the Lord, whoever it may be. So, but sometimes we fail to keep our promises. That's why Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37, Jesus says that not to take oaths or make promises to um, either, either on heaven or on the throne of God because it's, if you make a promise, you must keep it. And Hannah kept that promise. And in chapter 2, verse 25, I guess, she gets more children. 
She gets two daughters and three boys. Lord had blessed her with children. I think so one of the reasons was she kept her promise. She was steadfast in keeping her promise that she made to the Lord. There was a couple uh, back in India. When we came to Christ, um, we led many, we proclaimed gospel to many people. There was one Hindu couple uh, who were struggling with having a baby for many years. They did not have children uh, for many years in their married life. My mom went to them and shared the gospel with them. God can do a miracle for you guys. And my mom shared the gospel with them. And they started coming to the church. And they came to church for six months. Um, after six months, she was conceived. She was conceived. And then they got a baby. And then they stopped coming to the church. But when they were coming to the church, they said, yeah, they prayed. Lord, if you give us a baby, we will serve you all the days of our life. We will continue to come to church. We will worship you. And uh, you will be our Savior and our Lord. That's what they prayed when they started coming. But when they got the baby, they stopped coming to the church. They never came back to church. So there are people who make promises and who would not keep their promises. But Hannah wasn't like that. She, she was steadfast and she kept her promise to the Lord. That's, the reason, that's one of the reasons that she, God blessed her with many boys and girls. So she was fruitful. She was fruitful. So how are we today? So when we make promises, how are we doing So if we don't keep our promises, we should not make them. But if we make the promise, we should keep them. So Hannah is uh, a perfect example for having a godly uh, character and uh, manifesting godly characteristics um, that we ought to have in our lives. So being Christians is not just professing, professing that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and not just attending the church every Sunday, but to manifest godly characters, godly character, and to possess characteristics within us that represents Christ to people around us. So, so we need to be um, learning these uh, characteristics from the life of Hannah and apply in our lives and uh, try to manifest them uh, in our uh, walk of faith. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for your word and for the life of Hannah. Um, what an example to learn from, Lord. Um, and as we walk in this journey of faith, Lord, I pray that help us to possess these characteristics and represent you and manifest these characteristics uh, in and through us uh, to the people around us so that they can uh, recognize that we are your people, we are a godly people, and we are Christians, and Christians uh, are godly people and possess these characters. Uh, uh, Lord, I pray that you help us to keep these things uh, in us and manifest among the people that we meet every day. I pray that, Lord, uh, you bless all of us and uh, keep protecting us and uh, 
Bless us together, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our Savior is a congregation located in Wheeling, Illinois. Our vision can be summed up in four words. Building community, bringing Christ. To learn more about this vision and our hope for our neighborhood, visit us online at osefc.org.